good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in to my very first podcast here, episode one on the Horologin channel. Thank you so much. We'll be looking at my walk into the watch journey, how I got here, and who I am as a podcaster. And we're going to get started right now. Thank you so much for being a part of the very first episode of the Horologin Watch Channel. And I certainly hope that this is something that you can get involved with uh, by being a subscriber of this podcast. Now, I don't claim to know everything about uh, the watch world and watches, and uh, I'm not a reference guy type per se, but I am someone who is deeply in love with watches and how did I even get to this point where I love watches and and get into this situation where I am calling myself the horologin and what the junk is a horologin um first and foremost I am a pastor I pastor in uh, the bay area in California and uh, one of the aspects of being a pastor is uh, being a theologian and me getting involved with horology and and theology I figured it clever to put the two together and become the horologian and uh, we'll see if this title is a good title or or not that's uh, up for debate but uh, I uh, Uh, I wanted to start this podcast because uh, about a year ago, I got into this whole creative mindset of mine uh, with my Instagram uh, there under the same moniker, Horologin, and uh, I I wanted to get a little bit more creative with my passion for watches, and I think that's why we all get involved with this, this hobby. We love watches and we we love the idea of collecting watches and the story behind each one of these watches. I I I love um just being able to to uh take a look at a watch and be able to review a watch. I love the idea of of winding a watch. I I get excited with the the history behind all the watches that we wear. Uh this morning I am wearing a watch that was gifted to me um not too long ago, uh, a couple of years back, and uh, uh it's a uh Tudor Black Bay Blue the ETA version with the smiley face, and it has been one of my favorite watches. It's a definite, um, just all-around watch. It's it's beautiful, beautifully done. I love the I love the blue blue being one of my favorite colors, blue and silver, and I love the way it's done. By the way, Tudor just uh, issued out their Tudor Black Bay. Uh, 59 blue edition and it's somewhat underwhelming I, I don't think it's as exciting as the uh, original black bay however we may we may discuss that on another uh, podcast episode here however um i i love the idea of watches and and everything that they represent 
And uh, you say, well, how did, how did you get involved into the, the watch world? And what, what's, your, what's your goal with this podcast? Well, first and foremost, I, I got involved with the watch world uh, really young. I, I've always loved watches. Uh, I remember having the old uh, Casio, uh, just the, the simple one that, that you find on the, the Back to the Future uh, movie there. I, I had that watch. That was my watch that I had uh, from junior high going into um, the freshman sophomore year of high school and then uh, I remember uh, I think I broke that watch somehow and I saved up for that summer and I bought my very first kind of man's watch I guess and it was a Seiko Seiko SKX 007 now I, I didn't know what any of that meant uh, to me, it was just a watch that had the ability to go swimming with it. It had a cool bezel that I can play with as kind of a uh, fidget spinner, I guess. And I enjoyed that watch. That watch was exciting to me. I, I wore that watch uh, my junior, senior year of high school, wore it into college a little bit. And then I started getting involved with fashion watches and different things because I really didn't know the difference. I got a fossil watch and a Michael Kors, and uh, I think someone gave me a Gucci watch from the Philippines, which I'm not even sure it was authentic. <laughs> However, I, I threw myself into this this um, hobby a little bit later after my uh, after my journey into weight loss. And you say, well, how did weight loss get you into the the watch hobby? Well, I had purchased a Apple Watch, and I, I, I bought an Apple Watch 1, and this watch was, it was bought secondhand, and uh, I remember uh, I, I put that on, and I would wear it as I would go to the gym and work out. I had gotten a little sloppy in my, in, in my own fitness. I had gotten to about 300 pounds. Uh, I, I was... I remember I took a picture with my daughter and she put her hand underneath my chin and I was wondering what she was doing and she said she was covering up my double chin and and that man that stung to my heart so much and I wanted to I I, I wanted to get healthy because uh, as I was getting older I wanted to be able to still uh, you know play with my kids have energy enough to do all of that and I really just wanted to respect my body. And wherever you're at in your own fitness, that I think that's important to just have respect for your own body. And and so I did. I went on a, a fitness kick, and I ended up losing about 80 pounds. And primarily, it was because of this Apple Watch that I had. And this Apple Watch got me to monitor my calories, and, it, you know, it, it monitored monitored how far I ran, it monitored the uh, uh, elevation and all these different things that I, I did. And it, it moved me to want to work out more. It moved me to want to be a part of this, you know, fitness a little bit more because I wanted to be better. And my watch told me that I wasn't doing as great as I could have. And after having that watch for a while, uh, I passed it on to my wife because my wife wanted uh, an Apple Watch. 
and I was looking at the Apple Watch 3. The Apple Watch 3 had already come out for a little while, and I uh, I liked the fact that this one can actually go in the water. And it reminded me of my old SKX that was able to go in the water, and and uh, and I could swim with it and different things. And especially now, as I hurt, I ended up dislocating my knee, so I wasn't able to to play basketball and go running as much as I wanted to. So swimming was uh, an integral part of my fitness routine. And so uh, I purchased once again secondhand a, an Apple Watch Three. And in doing so, I, you know, I wore that thing for a few months and it was great wearing it swimming and it had that function that you can clean it out and make that, that whistling noise to be able to uh, clear out all the, uh, the crevices of the watch uh, of any water that had built up. And uh, I love that watch. That was great. And I love putting different wallpapers on it. However, one day... Uh, I was playing basketball at the gym, and I uh, was getting, I got a text message on my watch that said, why are you sending me blank text messages? And uh, apparently, I, you know, after the game was done, I, I went over and I looked at my phone, and sure enough, I had sent out multiple blank te- text messages to several different people. After going to uh, the Apple Store, which was a bear in itself because I, the Apple Store is always packed. And I guess that's a sign of, of good business and, and whatnot and having a product that everybody wants. Uh, however, after waiting to finally be served, and I'm going to go have a quick coffee check here, grab myself some coffee, some iced coffee, because it's a pretty warm day here today. And... Uh, the uh, gentleman that was working there at the Apple Store told me that I had gotten lint jammed into the uh, into the crown of the watch, which was a an error on, on the production side of this watch, and they had seen several different cases of this instance because people would take it swimming and then. They would, you know, put their hand in their pocket or whatever, however, and maybe there was some residual uh, dampness in in there and, you know, dirt and dust and lint or whatever would get caught in there and it would mess up the uh, uh, mechanism there in the crown. And so I said, well, okay, well, go, let's go ahead and get it fixed. How much is it going to cost? And it was a almost cost the amount of the watch that I purchased secondhand. And I don't. I had only had it for a few months. It ha- I hadn't had it for that long. And the the gentleman there said, "Well, you know, you can go ahead and get this new watch, or you can buy the Apple Three uh, again, uh, purchase it new, and it was still more than I had paid for um, the watch secondhand." And, or you can get the Apple II, which I didn't want because that didn't have the water resistance rating that I was looking for. And I began to get very discouraged with the watch and to the point where I was mad at Apple and, and its dumb watch. And uh, I 
it was used to having something on my wrist, something to tell time, especially as I was going running and I was looking to see if I had an old G-Shock or Casio there. And as I was looking through all my old, um, my old stuff, I found this old Seiko that was kind of in the back of that drawer and pulled that thing out and I tried to wind it to get it started and I was like, oh, this watch is broken still and I kind of threw it back down into the into the, the box of stuff and as I did that, I noticed the second hand begin to move and I, oh, wow, immediately it kind of shocked me that this watch was still working and uh, I uh, picked it up and I kind of shook it a little bit and sure enough, that second hand was sweeping across that dial. It had been, you know, it was a little faint from all the many years that I used it, going swimming in the, the lake nearby or, or uh, taking it out on hikes or all the many different things that I've done with that watch. And so I, I had it on a... Uh, it's bracelet and the cheap Seiko bracelet that I had on it. I, I put it on and, it, you know, it fit differently for me. And so I took out some links and I threw that thing on. And that was the watch that I wore. After about a week or so of wearing that watch. Went on YouTube and I uh, just typed in Seiko SKX 007. And one of the first uh, videos that popped up was a, a channel by the name of Urban Gentry and a guy, um, British guy named TGV was on there. And I, I began to listen to some of his videos and, and he began to talk about the Seiko SKX and what it was and, and the history behind Seiko and all, all, all this rich heritage that was behind this affordable piece that I had bought when I was a junior in high school. And it began to resonate with me how amazing this watch was. The fact that after all these years, it was still working and, and, and not only just working and having the ability to function but the fact that it had some provenance to it and some cachet with other watch collectors that I had no idea there was anything like watch collecting. And so it made me appreciate my Seiko just a little bit more. I began to watch his videos and I learned about... Uh, Hamilton watches, and I learned about uh, Orient watches. I learned uh, about micro brands and and what those were. I learned about Kickstarter watches. <laughs> I learned I learned about Rolex, which I've heard Rolex. I knew about the date just. I knew about the Submariner, but I really thought that those were rich people's watches. And I I, I thought that was the creme creme de la creme of watches. And then I learned about watches like Vacheron Constantine and Patek Philippe uh, I, I, and, and how 
these were incredible timepieces. And I begin to watch other YouTubers uh, in the space as they as they begin to talk about uh, all these other watches that I didn't even know existed and how rich they were, such as Oris, Elanga uh, and uh, Sona, and Sin, and and how Zin was this this German brand of, of tool watch making and, and, and I, I begin to learn about watches uh, such as uh, a micro brand, great micro brand such as Richard Legrand and, uh, and I, I opened my eyes to this great world of, of watch collecting. Now I fell into a trap that most watch collectors fall into I began to wanting to buy every single watch that I could afford. Now, I, being a pastor, I told myself I would never purchase a Rolex myself because I didn't. I never wanted people to think that I was, you know, I, I was in this position for the money or that I was um, milking people for money. I, I didn't want that perception, oh, even though one of my favorite watches of all time is an Explorer. I love the Rolex Explorer. I think it is, as many enthusiasts would say, probably the closest thing to a perfect watch. It's absolutely amazing how basic it can look and yet so classy and so well thought of. However, I, I knew that I would never get in I would never purchase a Rolex for myself but I began to buy every single watch that I could purchase I bought a uh, <laughs> I, I bought an old Tissot watch uh, from an Indian buyer off eBay uh, it was my, the year of my birth in 1982 and I purchased that watch so excited because I was going to buy a vintage watch and oh man this is going to be great I'm going to be just like the guys on Theo and Harris who have all these great vintage timepieces I got the watch and come to find out it was a Franken watch how disappointed I was in that watch I purchased several cheap watches I bought a, a Timex watch um, the old Marlin watch. I bought an old vintage one because I heard, I kept hearing people saying how Timex was just a great watch for uh, someone looking for an affordable watch. And I purchased that Timex without really looking at the quality, without really looking at uh, anything else. And that watch died on me after a couple weeks of owning it. I bought so many bad watches simply because I thought I was I thought I was gaining something from the hobby I thought I was uh, adding value to my life you say uh, why are you doing this podcast I'm doing it because I want I want to talk about what really drives me about this this hobby that we're in the the watch collecting journey what, what motivates me to continue to 
study and hear and and talk to other people about watch collecting and and to to, to be able to hold all these different watches and and to see what they are and how they're made you you know what drives me the quality of each timepiece the thought behind each watch as it's been made and when i say quality i'm not talking about how much you spent on a watch because quality is can be found in even the affordable things and i think that's important for us to understand there are a lot of watch people that they're only rolex 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 and and patek philippe and i know that's our good friend paul pluto there on the archie luxury channel i know that's how he 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 chants and he he believes but there is great quality in an an orient watch now not all of them there are some that are dumpster fires I think the the Orient Ray, the Orient Mako, uh, the Orient Mako Two, those are some incredible watches. I think the Orient Bambino is a watch that is an incredible entry to this great hobby. I think Hamilton is probably for bang for buck. It is an, one of the best watch companies. Now, granted, I don't like all their offerings. I think, I think they are a little scattered as a company. Maybe something we talk about a little bit later. But I think Hamilton has incredible history. I think they have an incredible offering of different watches, as well as some interesting pieces that you can actually, if someone says that's a nice watch, you can tell them why this is such a special watch. I love Tudor. I, I do, I, as I mentioned, I'm wearing a Tudor Black Bay that was purchased for me. And I think Tudor has a rich heritage. I think this Tudor Black Bay that I, I have on my wrist right now is an interesting watch in itself, being the ETA version, a throwback with the rose logo there and the, the, uh, the self-winding smiley face uh, text that's on the bottom of that dial. I, I think it's interesting to be able to say that this is a modern interpretation of a, a, a vintage callback there, uh, whether it be Rolex and Tudor, their, their joined marriage uh, or relationship together as sister companies I guess <laughs> and I guess the way I say that marriage and relation and sister company almost seem uh, uh, incestual <laughs> but the the idea that you know this company with such great heritage is putting out these incredible value for money great quality pieces whether you like the snowflake dial or not, whether you can get on board with the fact that it's a, a company related to Rolex. Still an incredible, incredible company, incredible timepieces. And I think it's important for us to find quality in what we purchase. Even if it's a micro brand, if you buy a micro brand, which I have been 
impressed with some of the micro brands that are putting out incredible watches. I've already made mention of one of my favorite micro brands in Richard Legrand. I think they're an incredible watch, although I'm not a big fan of their new version of their uh, 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 of their their last offering. I, I think it's I, I just think they they lost the character that they had before. However, I think the micro brands are putting out incredible quality. Even some of these brands that are being uh, reinvigorated, uh, brought back from the dead, such as Yema. Uh, Yema is their Superman heritage line. is an incredible line. I right now I'm debating whether or not to get that uh, the Superman heritage GMT watch because I'm I'm really looking at a GMT uh, as I travel and I've got friends in different parts of the country I would love to be able to have a GMT watch that would be able to uh, uh, keep and you know keep the, that connective tissue between us and them and uh, and so I, I, I've been looking at Yema and their watches are incredible uh, Olick and Weiss they're they're the the P101 that they have oh i every time i see it i'm moved by that watch and these are great quality pieces and a, at a, an affordable price and so you say what what drives me into this watch world and why am i doing this podcast i'm doing it because i want to talk about the quality of these watches and how it can add a quality to our life I, I am against purchasing watches for the sake of purchasing watches because I think we're wasting, or number one, we're wasting our money. There's a lot of watches out there that aren't worth our money. However, there are some great watches out there that I think can bring great value to your life. Because ultimately, do we need to have more than one watch? Probably not. But can our watches provide for us a quality and a satisfaction as we go through our day-to-day life and really bring to us almost, uh, almost like a time capsule, bring to us memories that otherwise we would have to recall just from off the top of our head. And this is why I, I want to get involved with this podcast. And ho- hopefully you'll join me along with this journey. We'll, we'll talk about different uh, subjects. We'll do reviews on watches. We'll talk about what's happening in the watch world. And, and any, really anything. Maybe we'll have Q&As down the road. But I hope you would follow along with my journey. And maybe I can be a help for you as uh, uh, you begin to look at different avenues and, and different watches that you're looking to purchase uh, yourself. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can email me at horologen at gmail.com. You say, I don't know how to spell that. It's H-U-R-O-L-O-G-I-A-N at gmail.com. I'm also on Instagram. You can follow me there. I I'm not a photographer at all. However, I do like to be, uh, I, I like to 
be creative and, 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 and different things like that. And so I, I throw up some pictures on there occasionally. If you want to follow me on Instagram, uh, it's under the same, the same uh, um, username, uh, the horologin there. I hope you, you follow me and be a part of our, our journey here as we go through uh, the different areas of watch collecting and, and truly find value in both our watches and our life. Thank you so much for joining me on the very first uh, podcast, and I'm quality is going to get better as we move along. I'm I'm still I'm still trying to learn about how to do this properly, and so uh, I hope you'll continue to follow along and subscribe as uh, we tend to move forward with this podcast. Thank you so much, and I'll see you next episode.